Welcome back to That Was The Women's Week That Was and welcome back to my voice. Hence, you are able to listen to this roundup of the WRN News Review of the 22nd of July 2023. And this week, we share the letter we have just written to the Metropolitan Police. We talk about that interview. We keep the focus on self-ID in sport, ask why we are still waiting for school guidance and remind you of our brilliant blogs. First, we start with a letter. On Friday the 21st of July, the Women's Rights Network wrote to the Metropolitan Police Commissioner following information we received about a Trans Day of Visibility event held at New Scotland Yard, which did not comply with the Equality Act 2010 and appeared to be politically biased against women. Let's hear Heather first. Today, I have sent a letter on behalf of the Women's Rights Network to the Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police, Sir Mark Rowley. That letter is copied in its entirety here. We need our policing service to be impartial, fair and diligent. Policing in this country is founded on the basis of policing by consent, that we trust our police officers and police staff as fellow members of the community to carry out their role without fear and without favour. Without fear, because the role requires officers to be brave, often in the face of abuse and violence. Without favour, because a policing service that discriminates unfairly and unlawfully cannot have the essential trust of the public. It is a sad fact that there have been too many instances now when women have experienced one of two things happening. Firstly, the oppressive attention of police officers when they are carrying out quite legitimate activities and speaking up for their sex-based rights. Secondly, a lack of police action when women are abused, threatened, intimidated or even assaulted. At times, it has felt that our police officers ignore such offences if they are committed by those who would like our sex-based rights to be utterly demolished in law. The letter I sent today should concern us all. It reveals a disturbing infiltration by activists into the Metropolitan Police Service. Activists were provided with a platform at New Scotland Yard on Trans Day of Visibility. They misinformed their audience and encouraged hostility against women who believe in the reality of sex. They encouraged the police to be politically and professionally biased. There are good officers and staff in the Metropolitan Police. Some of those officers and staffs were concerned enough to bring the content of that day to the attention of the Women's Rights Network. They felt neither confident in the culture of the Metropolitan Police Service to speak out, nor that any action would be taken. And of course, they feared repercussions. This is not good enough. It is outrageous for one of the largest police forces in the world. Sir Mark, women have lost confidence in policing and specifically in the Metropolitan Police Service. You are the police force that spawned Wayne Cousins and David Garrick. It's all very well to speak of regaining our trust and to launch your strategy for more trust, less crime, high standards. But that has to mean something in reality. Get the extremists and activists out. Start listening. To women. And here's what the letter has to say. Dear Commissioner, read the Trans Day of Visibility event at Metropolitan Police Headquarters 
Information has been provided to the Women's Rights Network by some of your officers and staff about the involvement of the Metropolitan Police in the Trans Day Visibility event held at New Scotland Yard. The information provided by attendees shows the content of the day did not comply with the Equality Act 2010, failed to account for Articles 9 and 10 of the HRA 1998 and appeared to be politically biased against women. The event, organised by Kit Moore, a member of your intelligence team, was held on the 31st of March 2023, facilitated by Metropolitan Police staff, held in work time and held on police premises. Therefore, all attending officers and staff would reasonably view the event and content as endorsed and supported by the Metropolitan Police. This event does not appear to have been in line with Policing's Code of Ethics and Standards of Professional Behaviour. Accounts, some of which could be viewed as whistleblowing, give rise to serious concerns about impartiality and legal compliance. Some of the speakers' claims were inaccurate and are highly damaging to the Metropolitan Police Service's ambitious vision for more trust, less crime and high standards. One speaker claimed that anyone who had concerns about trans ideology was a bully and a bigot motivated by hate. Sabah Ali said of newspapers it's all bullshit and to keep your enemy close. Attendees were told that the only accurate and reliable news sources were Pink News and Mermaids. Mermaids is currently under investigation by the Charity Commission for possible child safeguarding breaches. Speakers encouraged attendees to get out on the streets, protest, lobby and donate, and to actively pressurise their MPs. This is clearly entirely beyond the scope of the operations of an impartial police force. The Casey report was dismissed and disparaged mainly on the grounds that Baroness Casey had not referenced any institutional transphobia in the report's findings. Sexist and misogynistic comments from attendees went unchallenged. A trans-identified officer objected to the Metropolitan Police's current unconfirmed policy that women should not be strip-searched by male officers and staff identifying as trans. This officer felt that they had been denied the opportunity to strip-search the sex that they identified as, i.e. the opposite sex. These objections were not addressed in line with women's rights to dignity. Angry objections were raised to asking female officers if they had any issues sharing workplace changing rooms with male trans-identified colleagues. Attendees were confident in voicing the view that women should not be consulted about losing their legally sanctioned spaces. An officer who was dissatisfied with the response to an internal complaint made to the Professional Standards Unit offered to play a recording of it to the meeting. The recording was not played. A male officer vociferously objected to a newly appointed female LGBT community liaison officer who was not present in the room, because in his view the post needed to be held by someone from a minority group. It's unprofessional to demean and undermine a colleague in a work setting for reasons of sex or sexuality. When the women's rights campaigner Kelly J. Keane was mentioned, 
there was booing and hissing in the room, which went entirely unchallenged by the event facilitator. This behaviour is unprofessional, unacceptably hostile, and displays a disturbing lack of impartiality. Your staff have obligations under the Equality Act 2010 and its recent clarification to acknowledge that sex is real and a protected characteristic. The role of the Metropolitan Police includes protecting and defending women from unwanted physical contact in line with the law and upholding sex-specific rights. In addition, the Metropolitan Police engaged Peter Tatchell to promote the LGBT Community Liaison Officers' posts, despite controversy around alleged previous comments widely circulated on social media. And failed to act on public incitement of violence against women made from the stage of London Trans Pride event until members of the public complained. Post-Cousins, women's confidence in the police is seriously damaged. To tackle that, your force has taken measures to assess its own failings, find ways to improve its work and increase the safety of women and girls. However, it's alarming that your own staff are, or feel, so unsupported that they did not have the confidence in their employer to raise these matters internally. As Commissioner, your attention is needed to address these concerns. Women's Rights Network extended an offer to assist you with addressing the significant issues raised in the Casey Report, and to that end, we attended a meeting with Chief Superintendent Helen Millichap. We have yet to hear of the next steps following that discussion. However, we look forward to supporting the process to improve the Metropolitan Police's service to the whole community. We ask now that you investigate the Trans Day of Visibility event, its agenda, content and facilitation, and ensure any breaches of conduct are taken seriously, with a view to returning your organisation to one that upholds the law in all areas, including when representing women and girls. The Women's Rights Network supports the principles of the Code of Ethics for Policing. These should be fully embedded in all the behaviour and activities of the Metropolitan Police and enshrined in every avenue of your operations, including where women and girls assert their legal rights. We would welcome the opportunity to discuss these matters further with a view to supporting an organisation-wide solution. Your sincerely, Heather Binning, Founder, Women's Rights Network. Stonewall Exposed. The past couple of days, everybody's been talking about that interview. Perhaps it was brave of Ian Anderson, chair of Stonewall, to agree to be interviewed by Beth Rigby of Sky News. Perhaps he thought he would get an easy ride. Instead, while Beth Rigby remained studiously polite and used all the correct language and pronouns, she ruthlessly exposed the lack of any logical credibility in Stonewall's position. You can see the full interview on Sky News Catch-Up and on YouTube, Beth Rigby interviews Stonewall Chair Ian Anderson. Sex Matters have also provided a useful thread on Twitter and they gave some highlights and some fact-checks. Perhaps the most visually striking part of the interview 
was when Beth asked whether it was fair for males to compete against women in sport, a question asked against a backdrop of a screen image of Leah Thomas on the podium towering over his two female competitors. Do you think that's fair, Ian? asks Beth, but she couldn't get a straight answer. On elite sport, um, um, uh, what you're finding is is uh, sporting body by sporting body is is looking at. We're, we're working our way through on, on on this. This is, I mean, this is how um, trans folk uh, take part in elite sport is Does, is something is a, that is very this very is a much problem, isn't it? it? Do you see this as a problem? So, so I think it's a problem in terms of the perception of the conversation, but the you can see that that's a problem. No, I, I want that for me. I want everybody to be able to take part in sport. I want everybody to have role models that they can look up to and get excited mm. by. There's a whole bunch of things that are taking place but right now. I know. I, 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 it's just a, I understand. It's a really basic question I understand the question you, you're asking. I, I understand the question you're you're asking. But are we to say that trans people shouldn't take part in elite sport? Are we to ban trans people from elite sport? If I can put it the other way around as well, Beth. No, Ian. They just need to play in their own sex category. Earlier in the interview, Ian Anderson said, "I am absolutely up for a conversation." Well, we are too, Ian. Do give us a call. Talking of sport, the FIFA Women's World Cup started this week and we wish the Lionesses all the best and we are cheering them on. But football's policy on males competing in women's teams is so confused. You can read the Football Association's policy on the FA website. Males are allowed in female categories at grassroots level, while the situation is unclear on elite level matches. As a result, football does not qualify for our Fair Sport Award. And we continue our focus on parkrun. Parkrun is one of the most popular running events for amateurs and takes place every Saturday in public parks around the country. It's not a race, but runners eagerly look up their statistics on the parkrun website and measure themselves against others in their age-sex category. However, parkrun allows men to self-identify as women. This is blatantly unfair and makes a mockery of course statistics. We've written to Parkrun and you can see the letter on our website. And we received an unsatisfactory response. Mara Yamauchi, an Olympian and former elite marathon runner, tweeted about her recent Parkrun experience. Being first female is a big deal. Shame that on well over a hundred occasions, the first female at Parkrun has been male. If you participate in Parkrun, please write and tell the organisation what you think of their unfair policies. Get a pencil ready. It is CEO Russ Jeffries, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S, Parkrun UK, Frameworks, 2 Sheen Road, S-H-E-E-N, Richmond, Surrey, TW91AE. And, or, send an email to support at parkrun.com. Women's Rights Network members across the country are making their views known. You can join them by wearing t-shirts and distributing leaflets at a parkrun near you. School guidance, we are still waiting. 
We're still waiting for the promised school guidance on the ability of children to change their pronouns and or their names at school, a process known as social transitioning. According to The Telegraph, more discussion is needed. We understand lawyers are worried about the legality of the proposed guidance. Gillian Keegan, the Secretary of State for Education, seems to have belatedly realised that this is a very important topic. In her recent official statement, she talks about the need for clarity, but in the meantime advises schools and colleges should proceed with extreme caution. The statement is available on the government's website. Schools, children and parents need urgent clarification. We believe no child should be assisted to socially transition and certainly not without their parents' consent and without a full assessment of the implications for other children. Also, don't forget to read our wonderful selection of blogs where we explore topics in some depth. You can read a collection of blogs exposing Drag Queen Story Hour on our website. Um, There's Guilt by Association, the latest by Claire. And that looks at the insidious way in which women are undermined with specific reference to a report by the Institute of Strategic Dialogue, which denigrates the efforts of the Women's Rights Network. You can also read about what's been going on with Western Museum, the queering of Tate Britain, a family friendly trap. Um, Do you remember Tala the Alien? Um, Further Drag Queen Story Hour protests queer theory in our schools and libraries and how libraries have been so thoroughly corrupted. As ever, if you can, please do donate to the Women's Rights Network. We are doing more than ever and that money goes directly on campaigns. You can donate on the website, you can buy the merch at Violet Vend and to find out more about what we're up to and keep up to date on the latest, subscribe to our YouTube channel, this podcast follow us on social media and sign up to the mailing list. We'll be back next week, voice still permitting. In the meantime, don't forget, courage calls to courage everywhere.